When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Some sad news today in the world of sports and the world of the NFL. Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown has died at the age of 87. Jim Brown, an eight-time All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler when he walked away at age 30. He held the NFL record for yards, 12,312 and touchdowns with 120. Six. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Kenny and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alongside Andre Snellings, I'm Michael Rossi. And we're going to go out to the phone line right now to talk with Howard Bryant. Howard, thank you for taking a few minutes today on what is obviously a sad day across the league. Yeah, thank you for uh, having me on. You guys broke the news in your text message just a few minutes ago. I, I hadn't heard. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think obviously you know, we're talking about a giant in, in so many ways. Obviously, you could never reduce Jim Brown to just a football player. But if you wanted to talk about him as a football player, you would probably start as the greatest football player (laughs) of all time. And, and anybody that you wanted to put in place of him, you could do that, but you'd have to argue really hard as that, you know, Jim Brown was that good to do the things that he did in such a short season, the way the game was played back then, all of the above. Um, But obviously he was so much more than that. Obviously he is the, you know, one of the guys in the pantheon of the athlete as as being a political voice. You think about Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali and Bill Russell and all of it. It's just a very, um, it's a very tough, tough one to take. Hey, Howard, this is Andre Snellings. And to your last point, I spoke a little earlier about what that image of, of Brown with Russell and Ali and Kareem, what that meant to me as a young black man growing up. So how would you characterize what Brown's civil rights work meant to you and just really to our society at large? Well, I think what it meant, Andre, more than anything else was it's important to remember or to understand. Remembering would suggest that we were there. I wasn't uh, born yet, but obviously we knew what the Cleveland Summit was. We, you know, as you grow up and you learn it, it's important to remember that black athletes before that group were expected to be quiet. They were expected to be docile. They were expected to be grateful. They were not expected at all to advocate for themselves or for anybody else. And I think that's one of the things that's really most important to remember about Jim Brown is that a lot of the things Jim Brown talked about, he wasn't talking about them for himself. He was rich and he was famous and he was gifted and was a, athletic genius. And so, so many of those things he was fighting for were for people who had it worse off than him. And I think that it's also important to remember two things about that time period and about what these guys meant to future generations of athletes and to future generations of Americans. 
One, they weren't so rich that they could be insulated from all the things that were happening in the society, nor were they so well off that they were insulated from the consequences of speaking. And the other thing that is important to remember about that period is that there was no free agency. There was no opt-outs. There was none of that. You did what the organization told you to do. And so to be willing to speak under those conditions required an enormous amount of courage, required an enormous amount of, of heart and of understanding that what you were doing was right, no matter what the backlash. And those guys were the, along with Jackie Robinson previously, these are the athletes that connect sport and society to make it more than, than just a game. These are really, really important people whose uh, the institutional memory is leaving us. And I think that's one of the reasons why I have such a, uh, a heavy heart on this is because once that institutional memory is gone, you never get it back. Jim Brown is gone. Bill Russell is gone. Ali is gone and gone to history. And there was a comfort in knowing that they were still here. And now they're not. We're talking ESPN columnist Howard Bryant here on Canny and Carlin on ESPN radio alongside Andre Snellings and Michael Rothstein. I'm curious, Howard, do you think today's group of athletes understand the impact of Jim Brown specifically? Because unlike a Bill Russell, unlike an Ali, he, he was still around, but also not necessarily talked about as much as those two in terms of the, their own sporting culture. Well, I think it's different. I think that the Jim Brown, the, the Jim Brown level of activism and of presence just went beyond football because football did not go out of its way at all to embrace the types of things he was saying, the types of changes he wanted to make and the, the, the presence of that sport because football is, is, is always so um, clearly trying to suppress voices. They don't want that in that game. So what we heard from Jim Brown really, depending on how old you are, was you'd heard of him outside of football in the 80s, working with gangs and talking to the president and doing all of that advocacy on behalf of, you know, trying to find employment for, for black males and to work on this sort of um, economic development that was such a big piece of him. All of that was outside of football. He was just this enormous presence and obviously you knew who he was as a football player, but so much of Jim Brown, it's not as though they do for him what, you know, baseball does with Jackie Robinson, where they constantly couple you to the sport. Football doesn't connect Jim Brown's activism with the NFL. It's completely separate, even though, you know, there was obviously a relationship there and the rest of it, but Jim Brown was such a, a singular figure that he was he was beyond. In fact, one of the reasons why he retired so early on top of the game was because he was tired of taking orders from people and figured that it was time for him to, to branch out on his own without football. Yeah, so is if we do, you know, we've talked a lot about his place in society, but if we do kind of return to the football field, um, we talked a little bit earlier about the the records that he could have set 
if he were in today's you know uh, game with 16, 17 games a year. What do you think? Do you think he would have any peers as a football player, um, as a running back, if he were to have had that opportunity? Has there been any sense that you would uh, put on his level as an athlete? Well, it's difficult to say, obviously, because the generations are so different. The game is different. It's a totally different sport. Um, running backs today are not the same as running backs in 1965. And so it's it's hard to compare eras, but what you do know is that whatever era Jim Brown played in, he was going to be dominant. Whatever he did, he would be dominant simply because of his size and his drive and his ability to, to, to know the game and, and all of those things. Uh, could you, would you look at him and consider him pedestrian today? Absolutely not. In fact, he's one of the guys that people think gets better over time. Normally, when people talk about the older athletes, even someone like Wilt Chamberlain or someone like Bill Russell, people always make it seem like they couldn't compete at a high level today. But nobody says that about Jim Brown. It's that no matter what era he was in, he was going to be at the very top of the class. The voice you heard is Howard Bryant, ESPN.com columnist. Howard, thank you so much for taking a few minutes and sharing some thoughts about Jim Brown with us. Really appreciate it. No, thank you. My pleasure. That was Howard Bryant, ESPN.columnist here on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Again, updating the big news that is going on right now, the sad news. Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown has died at the age of 87. Jim Brown, an eight-time All-Pro, went to the Pro Bowl in each of his nine years in the league. He walked away at age 30, held the league records for yards, which is 12,312, and touchdowns. At 126, he was a civil rights activist, an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, an actor, which he had been in multiple movies, including Any Given Sunday. For those of a more modern generation, he was in Mars Attacks. And of course, he's probably best known for his role in The Dirty Dozen in 1967. He was in The Running Man in 1987. We're going to go back out to the phones now. Tony Rizzo, co-host of The Really Big Show in Cleveland, joins us now. Tony, thank you for taking a few minutes here on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We appreciate it. Mike and Andre, glad to be on with you. Very sad day in the city of Cleveland. Yeah, Tony, let's start there. What is Obviously, this news comes out about a half hour, 40 minutes ago now, I guess, at this point. What is it like right now in Cleveland reacting to the passing of Jim Brown? Well, uh, Jim Brown was not only the greatest Cleveland Brown, guys. A lot of people will argue that he was one of the greatest football players ever. And he played in such a different time. Not only was he a pro athlete, and none of the money was back then like it is now. He was a civil rights advocate. He was a good actor. He had some great films. I hope people will go back and watch some of the films he made. And he always represented our franchise um, very, very well. So a lot of our audience is younger, and they only get to see Jim Brown. And I hate this, guys, that it's in slow motion because it does not do justice as to what a great football player he was as well as a man. Yeah, actually, um, Stan, in that vein, I mentioned earlier that I grew up in Ohio. And I told the anecdote, the true anecdote, that for a big part of my childhood – I literally thought the Cleveland Browns were named after Jim Brown. Um, so that's right. A lot, 
Yeah, a lot of people did. Listen, I grew up here. I'm older. I'm a little older than you fellas. I'm 62. 62 and covered the Browns for 36 years. But as a kid, as a child growing up, my dad, my uncles, they saw him play every game. And throughout the 60s and 70s when I was a teenager and then when I got into the business in the 80s, they would tell me, hey, you think this guy's good. You think that guy's good. No one was as good as Jim Brown. He was legend. Um, he had a combination of power, speed, and shiftiness that, guys, I cannot think of a comp for him right now. I just can't. I don't think there's a back in the league. You know, we have one of the best back here, Nick Chubb, who's a little similar. But, you know, Jim was as big as the linebackers back in the late 50s and early 60s, and he was delivering blows. He led the league in rushing eight of his nine years. Imagine that. Imagine if a back led the league eight of nine years in rushing today, what he would be worth to a franchise. Uh, was a uh, world champion. They didn't call it the Super Black then, but, of course, he won an NFL championship and then ran into some contract issues, and he was on the set of a movie scene with Raquel Welch, and he decided to retire it top of his career, prime of his career, which is an OG move all the way, and the rest is history. We are talking with Tony Rizzo, co-host of the really big show in Cleveland here on Candy and Carlin about the death of Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown, who passed away today at age 87. Now, honestly, obviously, like you said, he walked away pretty early on. He's in the middle of a, at the start, really, of a movie career. He's done The Dirty Dozen. He's got Dark of the Sun, Ice Station Zebra. Uh, what, when he retired in Cleveland, what was that like then? Well, I was like death. I mean, everyone, everyone blamed Art Modell, who was the owner at that time. Um, and people didn't blame Jim. You guys, Jim, Jim played in a different era. When Jim Brown got drafted, he couldn't stay in the same hotels as the white players. And believe me, he didn't like that. And he and Paul Brown had a lot to do with that getting changed. That's what I think led him to his civil rights stuff. And it was more than football to Jim. Uh, the people that I know that knew him, I was friends with Dante Lavelli. Look that name up in Google from back in the 50s. He told me Jim was one of the sharpest guys he ever met and he ever knew. So he knew his power as a pro athlete and the best player in the NFL during his era, but he also knew the influence he had within the community. People really admired that. Oh, by the way, he wasn't a bad actor either. What a life, guys. What a life. <laughs> yeah. So I guess so. we've talked about him on the football field. We've talked about him uh, on like the national and, and the, the world uh, scale. But you mentioned earlier the desire that your audience know more about him. So how – how much would you say, how large would you say his impact is still on Cleveland and the area, even though he played football there almost 60 years ago? Well, it's funny. Um, Browns fans chant Chubb, Chubb, Chubb during games when they don't want Coach Stefanski to throw the ball in the red zone. Cleveland's a running back town. Leroy Kelly, uh, the Pruitt brothers, Mack and Biner, now uh, Nick Chubb. That started with Jim Brown because Cleveland saw that with a great running back, you can be successful. Now, I know the league has changed, and certainly they're throwing it all over the yard. 
But this is still a running back town, and that's because of Jim Brown. Do you think players understand his impact now? I hope they do. I know some do. And, guys, I expect, first of all, I expect the Browns to wear a Jim Brown patch, certainly, and to honor him at some point this season. Uh, Haslam's have already put out a statement, and they know exactly what he meant to the franchise. Also, watch the athletes now around sports, from LeBron to Tom Brady. Watch what the league says. Jim Brown's impact is worldwide. And if you're, a, if you're an American sports fan, in the next few days, I'm happy that a lot of people will know and learn a lot more about Jim Brown. Absolutely. I remember, guys, I remember at 2016, you know, Cleveland's first championship, the Cavaliers, God bless LeBron, Dan Gilbert. We were at the parade, and Jim Brown was there. And to see LeBron and Jim Brown together, it was really special. You know, Jim Brown was LeBron before LeBron for the younger people out there today that didn't get to see him. Yeah, I was actually just about to ask that, that, you know, the Cleveland Browns are kind of famous for having never won a Super Bowl championship, but they won a lot of championships. Thanks, Trey. I'm just Thanks saying, hey, I, I, I grew up in Ohio. I grew up in Ohio. I, I remember the fumble, you know. So, but, uh, you know, but they won a lot of championships, and Jim Brown was the one leading the charge on those last. So they're kind of the bridge from, from Jim Brown to LeBron, that's right. the champions right. of Cleveland. Exactly, and that's why the Cavaliers had him there, and Jim was gracious enough to do that at that time. Guys, I met Jim Brown in 1987. That's how old I That's how far I go back. Couldn't have been nicer to me. Every time I saw him, the phrase friends called him JB. JB. He was a big golfer, by the way, here in Northeast Ohio. But I remember one time he looked like it, it, this had to be, I can't believe I'm going to say this, 34 years ago, 1987. I have a picture of him and me. And he looked like he could still play. And I said to him, I'm like, Jim, I go, you look great. And I don't know, he had to be in his 50s. And he goes, Tony. I can't tie my shoes. He took, <laughs> he took everybody's best shot and led the league in rushing eight of the nine years. Think about that. The, guys, the rules were not like they are today. There was no piling on or no late hit penalties or none of that. It was a different era, and it was a different time. He was the toughest person, I'm told, by the people that have covered sports for decades in sports they ever saw. Tony, thank you so much for taking a few minutes today and, get, and explaining guys, some of Cleveland's perspective. Glad to do this. Yeah, glad to get this out. Glad to do this. You know, Jim means a lot to our area, our community, and to the National Football League. Guys, he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. Not yeah. only one of the greatest NFL players of all time. He's one of the, but he was an All-American in, in lacrosse at Syracuse University. Think about that. Mm-hmm. In lacrosse. If there was a pro lacrosse league, he would have been the Wayne Gretzky, believe me. Oh, there's no doubt. Well, Tony, before before you, if you're still there, before you like, is there any, I mean, obviously this is about an hour old. Do you get any sense what the city of Cleveland might end up doing for him in the coming days? Well, we have a statue of Jim outside the stadium, but I'm sure the mayor, our new mayor, uh, Bib, who's a great guy, I'm sure he will acknowledge this and maybe we'll have a Jim Brown day to celebrate his life and his legacy and you know, thoughts and prayers going out to his family tonight. Tony, thank you again so much for the time today. Guys, have a great weekend anytime. Thank you. That is Tony Rizzo, co-host of the Really Big Show in Cleveland here on Canny and Carlin. More about the life 
and legacy of Jim Brown, the Pro Football Hall of Fame running back from the Cleveland Browns who died today at age 87 here on Canny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Sad news to report in our continuing coverage. Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown has died Friday at age 87. Jim Brown, an eight-time All-Pro Went to the Pro Bowl in each of his nine years in the league when he retired at age 30. He was the league's record holder in yards with 12,312 and touchdowns 126. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Kenny and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alongside Andre Snellings, I'm Michael Rothstein. And Jim Brown, before he ended up being a legendary Cleveland Browns player, was a legendary person at Syracuse University, both in football and in lacrosse, because he was a phenomenal lacrosse player as well. And we're going to go out to Syracuse now. We're going to talk to Jim Beheim, the national champion and Hall of Fame basketball coach from Syracuse University. Jim, appreciate you taking a few minutes today on what's a very sad day at Syracuse and a lot of places. It is a sad day. You know, I go back with Jim Brown. I remember talking to the lacrosse coach who was here for 40 years, Roy Simmons and his son for 40. They were here 80 years, and they said he's the best lacrosse player they ever saw. So, you know, this is a school that's won six or seven, eight national championships. So those two guys saying that means a, a little bit. And obviously in football, I have a story. I remember I talked to Coach Forsfall. When Jim Brown came here, one of the coaches wanted to make him a tackle. And uh, he was, he was, fortunately, he was overruled. Uh, <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and I don't think he was coaching much longer either. But, uh, you know, I'm prejudiced, but, you know, I measure athletes by what they do on the field. And obviously off the field, they all have some, you know, some things that they do wrong. And I'm not going to talk about that. I'm sure everybody will. 
But on the field, uh, I just don't think there was ever anybody close to being as good as Jim Brown. Uh, as a running back, uh, you know, he just uh, he dominated. I watched. I was a big Cleveland Browns fan. I lived in Lyons, New York, so we got Cleveland Browns game on one channel and New York Giants games on the other. And I would always watch the Browns, and one of my friends watched the Giants. But uh, I just—he was a great, great player. I got to know him. He uh, he had a lot of rough edges, but um, you know, the last thirty, forty years, he was, has been really good. Really, come back to Syracuse has been very uh, gracious to me, and uh, talk to our players, and um, you know. There really aren't that many legends, you know. They, they, we talk about that a lot. I know you in sports radio do, but really, how many are there? I, I'm not going to argue about that, but I know one thing: Jim Brown, he's a legend. Absolutely, um, and actually, along that same vein. So, when I was growing up, when I heard Syracuse, I thought of you as Mr. Syracuse. <laughs> what did well, thank you? <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm saying I, I grew up in the '80s and I, I was a big college yeah. basketball fan. But, like, what did Jim Brown mean to Syracuse then, and what does his legacy mean there today? You know, he's been gone from here. He graduated, in, he left here in 56, and he's still who we talk about. I mean, obviously, we're fortunate to have Ernie Davis after that, who was a great player. People don't know about him because he died before he could play professional football. But the coaches here all said that Ernie was just as good or a little better than Jim was. As Ernie, remember, was 6'2", 228, and he ran. He was a, could run. But, they were, you know, people don't realize they were both really good basketball players. Jim played basketball here in college. Ernie Davis won 60 straight high school games. So we had Jim, Ernie, and then Floyd, and we just lost Floyd last year. Um, so we've lost all three of number 44s. And that number still means something here. And I think it always will because, I, I mean, there's a lot of great football schools, but nobody ever had three running backs like those three. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, you can argue uh, Southern Cal or whoever you want to, but you're not going to match, uh, you know, Ernie, Ernie Davis, Floyd Little, and Jim Brown. You're not matching those guys. And we threw in a guy named Zonka, too. He was pretty good at running back. I may have heard but, his name uh, once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I mean, I was fortunate to be here in the big days of the Big East. And, you know, we had a lot of TV stuff in the 80s, 90s. And I remember in the 80s saying, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can last through this Big East. John Thompson, Luke Karnasek, and all that. And, mm-hmm. and I looked around the other day, and I'm still here. I just, just ended. So, <clears throat> pretty lucky, but Jim Brown, I mean, there's a, you, 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 just some people you, you, you just can't, you can't really exaggerate, and, you know, as much as we tend to exaggerate, especially sometimes in sports radio, uh, you can't exaggerate it. You know, Jim Brown, you can't, you just can't exaggerate Jim Brown. Or he's one of the few, you know, Babe Ruth and Jim Brown and, you know, there's a few, but there's really not a lot. We're talking to Jim to Jim, to Jim Beheim, <laughs> the national champion, Hall of Fame basketball coach from Syracuse University here on Canyon and Carlin. Jim, I was at Syracuse when Rob Conrad wore the number 44. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and obviously 44 was a big number in basketball as well. Did some of that yes. translate because of Jim Brown? 
Yeah, yeah, Derek Coleman wore it, John Wallace. I mean, we had a couple <laughs> notable 44s, but it's really it's really the football number. That's what we think about it up here. And, uh, you know, I remember when Nick Saban was an assistant coach and Jim Pressel was an assistant coach. They had an office right across from mine. It was a cubbyhole. They had, it was about 10 by 10. And they are both sitting in there from 6 in the morning to about 10 at night. And they'd get mad at me because I'd be in there about four hours or something, and they'd be yelling at me for not being there more. And I told them, I said, well, you won six games last year, and we won 30. So, you know, I guess I don't have to be there that much. But I remember those guys talking about Jim Brown. and You know, it's just, you know, he just it's just it's incredible. I mean, you know, you're going to lose everybody someday, but uh, it's uh, it's a big hole in, in Syracuse fandom and athletics and in the university uh when you when you talk about jim brown you just you know he 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 really retired i think he was just short of 30 he probably could have played four or five years the way his body was and you know he he would have set records that nobody would have ever set but um yeah he one of a kind i remember there was a spring day here, and he played on the lacrosse team and scored six or eight goals. And there was a track meet, and he won five. He won the track meet. He won five events by himself. Yes. <laughs> and then he played in the spring football game and scored four, five, four touchdowns or something. The same day. See, the same day or the same week. It might have been the same day. I've always said the same day. Maybe if they fact check me, which we don't do anymore in this country. Uh, you know, it would, it would, it wouldn't be, but I think it was the same day and, uh, you know, who could do that? You know, not many people, maybe Jim Thorpe, but nobody else. <laughs> We're talking to Jim Beheim here on Candy and Carlin and Jim to follow on that. Like you said, you grew up in Lyons, New York. Do you remember the first time you saw Jim Brown live? Did you see him when you were a kid? Like, did yes. What well, you remember the I first time you saw him? The first time I really saw him, I, I saw him, you know, in the you know on TV games and stuff. But when he when he went to the, the I think they played TCU in the Cotton Bowl and he scored twenty eight points. He, he kicked, you know, he, people sometimes don't remember he kicked extra points too. So he scored four touchdowns and kicked the four extra points, and they won twenty eight twenty seven. I think. Wow. And I said, "Man, look at this guy!" And then I was a Browns fan. He goes there and. I watched every Sunday Browns every game that he played. I watched, so pretty amazing. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, really quick. Um, yes. So you mentioned earlier that, that Jim Brown had some rough edges, and then you also talked about yeah. Ernie Davis. So yes, I I watched the, the movie The Train, the, the Ernie Davis story. Yeah. And and yes. the whole time they kept saying this guy's great, but we can't let him be another Jim Brown. But being yeah. <laughs> those rough edges also played a part in his activism. So how would you encompass kind of the, the, the man, that the rough edges were both a bane yeah. and a strength? Yeah, I mean, he did a lot of great things. You know, I think, you know, he, I, I think he was a flawed human being, you know, uh, which Ernie Davis wasn't because I know people that knew Ernie Davis and, I mean, he, he was the nicest kid anybody ever knew up here. Jim had rough edges. Obviously, he had trouble with relationships with women. That's been well publicized. 
but he raised a lot of money. He helped a lot of people that were in prison with his America I Can program. And uh, he he did a lot of counseling with gangs in L.A. Um, you know, I'm not going to try to balance it out or anything. He did a lot of good. Obviously, there was bad. But uh, in the long run, I think he left a good, good, <laughs> a good mark on his community and with the people he touched. And but as an athlete, he's he's really I get shaky whenever I get around him. And I mean, I I I didn't get shaky around too many. I I got shaky around Henry Aaron, and I got shaky around Jim Brown, and I met Sandy Koufax once. And that was uh, one of those experiences. And I met Arnold Palmer. Those those are guys I look at as like, okay, I get nervous around those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if you don't, you're just too cocky. <laughs> Without question. Hey, Jim, thank you so much for taking some time today. We really, really appreciate it. Glad to do it. That, of course, Jim Beheim, the Syracuse University national champion basketball coach, Hall of Fame basketball coach, talking about the death of life and death of Jim Brown, who passed away today at age 87. Coming up next, we'll have more about the life of Jim Brown here on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Sad day in the world of the NFL and the world of sports in general. Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown has died at age 87. Jim Brown, the eight-time All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler before he walked away at the age of 30, became an actor, a philanthropist, was a star lacrosse player at Syracuse University. When he left the NFL, he led... The NFL in yards and touchdowns. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Kenny and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path of flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Alongside Andre Snelling, I'm Michael Rothstein. We've been talking about the life and death of Jim Brown. And we're going to go back out to the phones now. Brandon Jacobs. A former New York Giants running back, two-time Super Bowl champion, joins us. Brandon, thanks for taking a few minutes on what is, I imagine, a very sad and tough day in the NFL community and especially in the running back community. Oh, absolutely. You know, Jim Brown, um, I just heard about the news a minute ago. Uh, my wife told me about it as we were driving up to my son's uh, uh, high school spring game. So very, very sad to hear it. Um, one of the the, the all time uh, great great football players to ever uh, touch an NFL football uh, field, and you know just you know being somebody that that has uh, watched him and uh, you know you know studied him, and you know he's done a lot for the league. Um, you know he's one of the NFL pioneers on what the league is today. You know, and it's a very sad day for the NFL community. Absolutely. So, Brandon, when I think about how you played. I see a lot of what I used to see in how Jim Brown would play, just being big and physical and running through the line. Did you in any way pattern any of your game off of what you saw from Jim Brown in the clips? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, he was a one-cut-and-go guy, put his foot in the ground and, and didn't care who was there, uh, made things happen. You know, he made things happen when nothing you know, was there. I ran through everybody out there, and uh, it's definitely a, a, a talent. Uh, or should you say a gift as in strength to be able to just run through another grown man, like, you know, the way he did. So 
Um, it was beautiful to watch, and I definitely patterned you know some of my stuff after what I seen with him. We're talking to Brandon Jacobs, former New York Giants running back, two-time Super Bowl champion, of course, one of our many hosts over here over on ESPN Radio. He's joining Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Andre Snellings and Michael Rothstein. And Brandon, I want to ask you this because you you look at a lot of times guy older guys like guys from prior generations and, and how they maybe they would fit in today's game. How would Jim Brown fare as a running back in today's NFL if that had happened? Well, well, you know, my, my father-in-law and myself talk about this all the time. He's the old guy that, that watched these guys, uh, you know, when he was younger. Um, I must say today's NFL, co- compared to the NFL back then, was totally different. These guys nowadays are much bigger, faster, and stronger. I don't know it would have been as easy to run through a lot of these guys like it was to – I mean, Jim Brown was bigger than most of his line and most of the guys on the defensive line that was trying to stop him, you know. It's just the era he played in, and he dominated. He did what he was supposed to do with the people he was out there playing against. And, you know, uh, it was a tough – it was still tough physical brand of football, but I just think the talent and the uh, size and the ability that, that a lot of these guys possess in the NFL, no, I don't think it would have been as easy for him to do the things he did back then. Brandon, thank you so much for taking a few minutes today. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Thanks for having me. That is Brandon Jacobs, ESPN radio host, former New York Giants, running back, two-time Super Bowl champion here on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN radio. I don't know if I agree with him for what it's worth there, yeah. Dre. I, I think Jim Brown would have been Derrick Henry-like, honestly, in, in ha- his impact in today's NFL. I agree. You know, I have the, that argument a lot in basketball with, like, say, Bill Russell and, and, you know, Will Chamberlain and all the things they could do. I think... Jim Brown was the type of athlete that would have been amazing in er- any era, and especially because he would have got to train in this era as well. No, w- without question. And I think he'd be even more in shape. And by the way, he could have played lacrosse on the pro level as well. There's no doubt about that. He could have done so, so many things. Coming up, more about the life and death of Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown, who died today at 87. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.